This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode 36 of Chicken Salad Mind, Ben Locke, and let me bring in my two co-hosts. First of all, is a man who is still in a relatively good mood, despite it being his wife's birthday and Mother's Day on successive days. So his bank balance has taken quite the pounding this week. It's Logan Crosley. Good evening, Logan. Yeah, my uh, my bank account just is a, a, a frowny face emoji right now. So uh, I, I just look and there's not even a dollar amount. It's just it's just sadness. So, um, but yeah, it's been a good weekend. Uh, had some fun with the wife. So, um, looking forward to doing the show here tonight with you guys, though. Excellent, excellent. And uh, what kind of weird country has Mother's Day in May? For God's sake, I mean that's just that's just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> My second co-host is a man who, when I asked him to become the permanent co-host of this very pod, made one of his conditions, nay, demands that we covered the show that we are going to do when we got to May. It's Callum at Dougal. Good afternoon. Good evening to you, Callum. Good afternoon, sir. Yes, you make it sound like I took the show hostage, and you would be absolutely 100% correct in that. I, uh, this is one. This is a this is a show that I've been looking forward to since the, the since the time that I could be, uh, was on as a guest uh, way back when, uh, and I'm yeah. It was. We, we will talk about it. It was a show. <laughs> so if you if for our long time fans, you may remember that Callum was. I think the first time Callum was on the show was when we did Battle Bowl ninety three. So Callum, with that in mind, what show is it that you have picked for us to watch or review tonight? Well, yes, following on from that, uh, it could only have been uh, the only battle bowl not to take place in the month of November. We are looking at Slamboree nineteen ninety six, the Lethal Lottery. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, am I right in thinking that you... Well, I don't know with you, because sometimes you say you've only watched a show once or twice. I get a feeling, because of the battle bowl element of this, this will be a show you'll have watched many times. I might be wrong on that. Uh, no, I have I've only watched it... I think I'd only watched it once before. Um, probably, and now, uh, as we'll go through, uh, we will. Uh, the, the good people will find out why. I probably only watched it once. Um, but it's it's not as good as it's, 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 it's spoiler. It's not as good as as other battleballs. Other battleballs are available. <laughs> other other battleballs are are available for your uh, delectation. This, this yes, maybe not one of them. <laughs> and and if, if I'm if I'm counting correct, there's six months to the six months to November. So I think I might be doing. I might have the choice for November. So I will. I hopefully cleanse the battleball palette come then. Oh, oh, good. Oh, that's that's, uh, that's oh, good. Oh, good. Well, it's well, okay thanks. because I'll I'll run out of them eventually unless I, unless I choose to do, um, like TNA one night only 
or whatever one of those <laughs> ones where they had the lethal lottery on it as well. Yeah, but you, you know what you do then, then, Cal? You know what you do that because you know my love of Survivor series, so you know you, you've got a good well to pick from. <laughs> well, this is very true. There you go. You see, so I'm I'm always thinking of you, uh, Logan. How about you? How many times have you watched this shower? Let's go with that word. Oh God, um, I've done a couple of like watch throughs of WCW, like watching from night when the once Nitro starts, just through everything, you know. So I've watched pay per views. I've probably done that twice. So I've probably seen this show twice. Okay, cool. I, I, I think I watched. I think it's two or three times that I watched it just for my WCW chrono watching. Um, just to give you, just to give everybody at home a bit of context about this show, I'm. I'm right in saying that this was the night before, or at least the week before, or the week before this show, I should I'll rephrase that, it was when WCW went from one hour to two hours. I'm, I I always remember that night. I always remember that first Nitro, the uh, the first one two-hour Nitro, because that's the one when Arn Anderson's wearing that shirt that's at least eight sizes too small for him, and he, he struggles to... He's taken on the American males, and he struggles manfully to take off, but God bless you, Arn, for doing it. <laughs> but also, much more important than that, guys, we are literally eight days away from the mauler mauling his opponent in the ring, and some other bloke jumps over a guardrail. Something, I think something like that happens. I don't, can you remember anything like that, Cal? Happening? I'm trying to think. I, no, Big Well, it, it's watching the show. They must have. They, they they packed the show with something with, with so much. It's not as if they were expecting something big to happen in a week to two weeks time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it certainly so, yeah. wasn't certainly wasn't a sort of a, a holding uh, pattern type show. So for better or for worse, this is the last. WCW pay-per-view before the NWO angle starts. So uh, just keep that in mind, everybody. Uh, but we are going to be coming to you live from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So let's get to it. And we start with an intro package that highlights the Lethal Lottery slash Battle Bowl and the three title matches that are going to be on this show. We then get into the arena where Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes welcome us, and they focus in on the troubles that are existing between Ric Flair and Randy Savage, as they will not, as they reckon they're not going to be able to coexist despite being partners on this show. Dusty is, of course, in his red leather jacket, which I only thought he wore at the Great American Bash in 1996, so I was very pleased to see that here. And also, he wraps up the Fashion Statements Award in about 30 seconds, so God bless you, Dusty. <laughs> he he then goes on about the world title match between, the Sting and, between Sting and the Giant, which will be our main event tonight. But before that, we will kick in to the Lethal Lottery and our first match of the night. Where we have two tag, uh, two wrestlers who are in a tag team. I'll rephrase that, and they are against each other. So we'll have Animal and Booker T versus Hawk and Lex Luger. Uh, Logan, I'll go to you first. My first note on this match is: it is always great to hear Dusty Rhodes saying the word "siloquy," and uh, when that is my first note, I think you know that the match might not be that good. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, definitely stood out for sure. Because uh, yeah, the match was uh, 
my my first note is the match is pretty meh for the most part. Uh, but the brawl kind of towards the end that leads to the double count out, I thought was pretty good. Kind of brawl around the outside. But yeah, match before that was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty bad. Um, and, and, you know, the finding your partner stuff, uh, we've uh, on the seven months of danger pod, we did one of the starcades and uh, it, it had a battle bowl lethal lottery kind of thing on it. And I got very pissed on that show about uh, partners beating up each other, even if they didn't like each other. Cause if you really think about it, if you win and you get into the battle Royal, which this one has multiple rounds. So this one's a little different than the other ones, but if you get into the battle Royal, you can beat the shit out of the guy when you get there and then you can win the title shot that you get at the next pay-per-view. So I, I never really understood the whole, like fighting your partner. I mean, if it's like a hated rival and if it, it'll play out throughout the night that m- more people do this, um, but yeah, the, the the concept of Battle Bowl gets completely just thrown out the window one match in here. Um, but I was also very surprised that Luger took a ton of offense uh, before they uh, ended the double countout. So I, I went one on it just because I thought it was pretty meh. I, I also went one on it because I thought it was pretty meh. Uh, Callum, now you're our bot- Battle Bowl correspondent slash cheerleader. Uh, Logan's kind of mentioned there are multiple rounds in this particular Battle Bowl. So we'll have these we'll have these eight first round matches and then we go to a second round. And I, I don't know how you quite feel about this, but this is one of my big problems with this is why have we got so many rounds? Like two yeah. is one too many. Well, yes, it is. Um, and that, that's what new... It more isn't always better. Um, because if you look at somebody... Get, like, they've got a slightly bigger roster now than they did in... When would the last one have been? 1993. Or certainly more name people. So you, you'd probably get away with having two on paper. But in execution, it doesn't work. Because if you look at some of the... like, I'm looking through the names here. Other than... Um, well, other than one or two, which we will get to, they're all fairly... They're all guys that would be fairly well presented on, on television. But if you're going with 16 guys, um, that's a... No, it's been more than that, wouldn't it? It was 32. 32 guys, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just go with the just go with the eight first round matches and then have a sixteen man battle royal at the end. Like that's what they did before, um, and it, and it worked it worked perfectly fine. Um, it, it's just yeah a bit a bit of overkill, especially when you see when we get down to the you see the guys who are in at the start in the initial thirty two, and you see the eight that we were left with at the end. Um, yeah, it was less is more in that I, instance. I well the the first part of the rebooking of this show would be if you were going to do a field of third two, have the first round be on Nitro on Saturday night. That would solve a lot. Of, that, yeah. that would that would solve a lot of the problems. Yeah, because counting the pre-show match, there were sixteen matches on this night. So mm. just imagine being there. Well, you do get your, then, you do get your money's worth with Battle Bowl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then and then to you know to piggyback off what Colin said about the names who are in this tournament, you know, you have got four even at this stage, you know, mid card, upper mid card, the you know, the Road Warriors are one of those legendary tag teams of all time, and you're getting rid of all four of these guys in one match. Well, and, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's true. And the, and the, you know we haven't got we you know there there aren't many clear winners to begin with or clear people you think could win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
absolutely. Especially with the world title shot, like, and the balance, because there's definitely not too many people outside of this first match that could be world title contenders. Well, well, exactly. I mean, we'll get there, but I have got the phrase, uh, why, yes, people have paid for this, written down at least three or four times during this show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our next next tag match, so they're going to do all eight tag matches in a row, guys, so just strap yourself in. Our next tag match is the Public Enemy versus the Taskmaster and Chris Benoit. Now, Callum, I'm not saying that the uh, the voting was rigged here, but, you know, we've got... This is a case of a regular tag team against two guys who are feuding against each other. Although we do get the first mention of plunder during this match. <laughs> well, that's what... I did put something like that. I said, what luck that the public enemy have... Um, that these guys have been have been chosen to to go together. Um, I think it's just. I mean, you, you're 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 not going to get any luckier than that. I I, I feel. Um, and obviously, then you have the the, the bad luck that uh, the, the 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 Benoit and Sullivan have given the, their um, history uh, or, or 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 present as it would be at, at the time. Um, yeah, very, very suspicious. It's it's the old uh, again. Here's one for here's one for the uh, a, a very targeted audience. It's like the warm balls that you have at the FA Cup draw to keep the, <laughs> keep the good teams apart. Oh Jesus! We'll need get we'll need get Colombo or CSI on the case. I think. <laughs> for reference, what you do is you had to pick up the, the, all the good teams who had their balls heated up. And you picked one. You picked a warm ball and a cool ball, so all the big teams didn't play each other. That's that. That's the reference there. A bit like how apparently uh, they did it with the again targeted one. Uh, how Patrick Ewing was it that got uh, drafted to the Knicks? The Knicks won the draft lottery because of the very cold envelope. <laughs> now, 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 Logan, you will be picking the cold balls this evening. <laughs> now. now Two, now, Logan, two tag matches in, and I'm already getting pretty bored and peed off here. Um, but we've got four <laughs> guys here. So, sorry, Carl. We've got four. We've got four guys here who are known for their brawling and ECW style tendencies. Could we just not made a ruling on the fly where they just turn this into a street fight, particularly with the particularly with the way the match ended? Mm, yeah, they do a couple of uh, plundery things, so it it, it does. It does. They do lax the rules a little bit, but yeah, this it's it's a crazy matchup here. But yeah, and it's crazy to think, you know, considering the rivalry that they are already starting and the where it goes throughout the rest of the year, it's crazy that they teamed uh, Benoit and Sullivan up here. Um, but Dusty talks about um, balance at one point, and he says it's like when you stomp a when you stomp a rock, baby, it kind of kind of throw <laughs> off your balance, and he just goes on this whole thing, and he asks. Bobby about stomping rocks and he was like why the heck would you ever stomp a rock you know it was just a whole back and forth that was hilarious um Benoit throws a pretty brutal uh clothesline on rock a rock at one point I thought was awesome uh Sullivan throws a chair at somebody at some point was a pretty awesome move um and I thought it was really interesting how uh Sullivan turned on Benoit at the end to kind of hold him on the on the table uh or you know he held him on the table quote unquote uh while the public enemy kind of uh their little flip move uh, to fin- finish it off. 
Uh, I thought it was very. Uh, I thought the the match overall was pretty discombobulated, kind of sloppy, but it had a few cool spots. So I went one and a half to go a little higher than the opener. Yeah, I went. I was the same. I I, I went at one and a half because I didn't quite like that ending. To be fair, I was I was maybe being a, a touch harsh on it. Um, so our next match of the evening is. Sergeant Craig Pittman and Scott Steiner, and they're going to be taking on the team of the Booty Man and Rick Steiner. Now, Logan, my first note on this match again, I like to, sh- I know we all like to share our first notes. My first note on this match reads fucking Booty Man. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my first note says uh, Booty Man getting any offense on Scott makes me sick. And then my second note says, same for Pittman on Rick. So uh, the fact that the other two non-Steiner people in this match got any offense uh, <laughs> uh, to me. Uh, before you carry on, I'll, I'll just read the note I've got, which was right at the beginning where Pittman and Booty Man start. Pittman is literally wrestling circles around him because there is a point where he is literally running around him in circles and just taking him down at any opportunity he gets. <laughs> That's yeah, that's hilarious. So, um, what do you what do you what do you find more egregious? Uh, Booty Man is a sex symbol, or Booty Man is a serious wrestler? Uh, probably sex symbol, if I, if I'm being honest, because at one point I feel like he was at least a competent wrestler. Maybe not at this point, but I, at some point he was. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I the, my thought in this match was, you know, with the Steiners being on opposite teams, I almost wondered if this was kind of a test run to see how the Steiners could work against each other for maybe possible future use if they turned on each other and feuded and had matches, which we all know that they eventually do. Um, I thought there were a lot of cool looking and disgusting suplexes thrown by the Steiners in this one. Um, Any time that they were on offense was definitely the more entertaining part of it. Um, Pittman moved about as much as one could uh, during the pinfall without lifting his shoulder. He kind of looked like uh, <laughs> it really kind of looked like a cockroach trying to get off his back, you know, when they kind of fall on their back and they <laughs> flip over. But he did everything but get his shoulder off the mat. So uh, I thought it was I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, a lot of a lot of suplexes that I thought looked really cool and kind of gross at certain points. So I went two just because I really like the Steiner's part of it. Excellent. Excellent. So, Callum, in the first match, we saw that, thanks to political reasons, the Road Warriors decided they were not going to attack each other, and they, they made that clause into their into the match. But the Steiner brothers had no problems beating seven shades of shit out of each other and suplexing each other away, across the ring if they wanted to. No, and and I appreciated that um, I, 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 to, a, to a certain extent. Um, it did give the crowd something to... To crowd something to um, sort of somewhat cheer. Uh, we got a mild cheer when the two of them came in and, and, and they threw themselves about. But there was uh, they, they sort of lost it again when they started doing all that all their mat wrestling, uh, which I get. They are they were sort of amateur wrestlers back in the day. But read the room, boys. I mean, the, the crowd have had the crowd have have given you nothing uh, at all so far. And then you're given you're, you're giving them sort of you're giving them nothing to nothing to cheer about. And to be fair, they could have done anything. They could have done. They, Scott could have given Rick a screwdriver, and they probably went, "Oh yay, clap clap clap!" Back, <laughs> back to doing nothing. I was getting. It was at this point I started to get my my, my comment is 
the note I've got is the crowd are giving less than zero fucks about this match. And it, I was getting a bit pissed off with them because it seemed as if they were giving zero fucks about the show altogether. Albeit the guys haven't given them much to play with, for like the most part. But even then, like you see some crowds that will just go with it and and try and 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 find something to cheer about. This lot here are just they're just not they're not doing anything. They're not giving the guys anything to work with, um, which I think isn't isn't fantastic. And it, it's probably it's probably a vicious cycle. The guys aren't giving them anything to cheer about, but the crowd aren't giving the, the, the guys in the ring anything to feed off of. So you're just it's just going round in, in, in a vicious circle and it's and again without spoiling it too much, it's like that for most of the night. Yes. Now you say the crowd don't give zero fucks, Callum, but in our next match that is certainly not the case because we have Stephen Regal and Dave Taylor, otherwise known as the Blue Bloods, and they are taking on the tag team of VK Wall Street and Mr. USA himself. Oh, it's Hacksaw, you suck, Duggan. Sorry, I had to say it. I can't, I can't do the power thing from old school uh, place to me, but you, you all know, you all know the bit. Um, well, that's you, this, that's you getting a raise. That's you getting a raise off the pod, father, for that, right there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Houston Memorial Hacksaw Jim Duggan update. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Logan. Thank you, I Logan. I got my two by four, two by four. Oh. Got the American flag, American flag. Very <laughs> still. <laughs> but I'm afraid, I'm afraid in 1996, he sucks even more than usual. <laughs> uh, Callum, this is another example of teammates face, facing enemies Again, as we quest- further question the uh, the drawing system that WCW has, um, um, I'm going to mention because the match absolutely sucks. Um, I put that the it takes a special talent to get a dud out of Regal and Taylor, but by God, Hacksaw managed it. I'm going to mention uh, my one positive of this match, which is Bobby Heenan's line on Hacksaw. <laughs> it's great to see him in the ring after the operation. What operation? Well, he's a brain donor. And when that's my highlight, Callum, good God, this match fucking took balls. I, there was, there was, um, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, it, the, the crowd did thing, the crowd did get into it. Um, and, you know, there was, the, the, the best period they could have done was, was the Blue Bloods, especially, uh, Lord Stephen against Jim Duggan. Um, it was just, 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 just wonderful. It was, it was perfectly, perfectly done by the two of them. We've also got uh, Dusty. Uh, excellent commentary from Dusty once again. Um, forgot to mention in the second match he kept talking about was it, um, was it uh, Kevin Sullivan's belly welly? He stumped him <laughs> in the belly welly. Uh, this one, this one he calls um, Jeeves Jives. Which is, yeah. which is wonderful. Um, the one thing that, that, that really irked me about this match, other than it being very poor, was that um, they're talking about how uh, VK Wall Street has lots and lots and lots of money, yet can't find a suit that fits them. Um, <laughs> and uh, my last note is, USA beats UK somewhere a young Cody Rhodes is smiling from ear to ear. And if you want context for that, uh, just go back and listen to the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 on the Twitch arc- on the, um, the live stream archives on the YouTube page for context for that. 
Look at look at that! Do a soft plug whilst he's talking about the match. I mean, that's why that's why you're like the best of the one of the best of the business, Callum. I do try. Well done, um, Logan. I don't know if you noticed there, but Callum, being the battle bowl apologist that he is, was trying gracefully to try and find some positives to this. And but but all that all that stuttering and stammering he was doing, I think he protested too much. And he, if you want to say this sucks, Callum, we'll, we'll, we won't we won't judge you. <laughs> well, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the worst match. But it wasn't the worst match of the night. Well, uh, that's questionable. <laughs> I'm just playing. We'll, we'll we'll get into more of the matches. But but to speak on the crowd, uh, kind of that you were talking about in the last match. Um, this isn't the LSU Tigers, which is the university that is in uh, Baton Rouge. So if it's not the LSU Tigers, people in Baton Rouge do not cheer. So they came to the wrestling matches because they kind of like wrestling. But if it was the LSU Tigers that were in the ring, they would cheer. Their okay. Nothing else is getting cheered in Baton Rouge. <laughs> no, they suck. But like, I'm, they're just like, it's like a cult down there. They they all love them. They're LSU Tigers. So, um, but yeah, this match was terrible. I went half star on it. Um, I love Regal's interaction with all the American fans before the match, and his facials are just great. Uh, when he's, he <laughs> just constantly looks like they all smell bad, and uh, he's appalled by uh, appalled by them. So um, I felt bad for Regal having to wrestle with these three schlubs. Um, love the brain donor line, like you said. Uh, Dusty sings a song towards the end of the match, like as the pin is happening, after he hits him with the uh, <laughs> deadly tape shot to finish the match. Um, I always hated that the fact that they acted like tape uh, was like this so much harder of a punch and everything like that. So I hated that spot. But yeah, half star. But uh, Baton Rouge loves them some USA and they love him some LSU Tigers. So there's that. It's it's the rolled up tape, Tony. That's gonna do it. <laughs> and then he started singing. I thought I thought that was great. Now Callum said that this isn't a, that wasn't the worst match of the night and. You know, he might be right because although I did give the same dud rating to both this and our next match with Pitts, Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton against Alex Wright and the Disco Inferno. Here's one for Callum. I wrote, my first note, Callum, I wrote Stoke on Trent's finest. When talking about the Earl because, you know, he's from he's from Stoke and not from Alabama. That's that's just... Uh, that's just... Of, of, of course. I mean, I say... I, I, He's he's a he's a he's an L, of course. I mean, he, he must be from around there, and he's he's probably the only um, eating nobility that's acceptable in this day and age, or any day and age, to be honest. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, again, the the appearance of the uh, why yes, this is on pay per view line appears here during this match. Um, now Logan, um, we we talked about great sort of our great our favorite dusty lines or a great dusty is um, yeah, again this match from probably gives me mine which is when uh, dusty and bobby riff on tony for his big night out that didn't finish until half four this morning with the fat girl and the big load i was i was gone i've got to i've got to say i was gone um i mean how have we got any reason why in night in mid 1996 bobby eaton and dick slater are on pay-per-view Logan at this stage? 
I mean, I, I'll give a I'll give a pass to Bobby. Bobby was at least great at some point. I, I don't I don't think I've seen a ton of Dick Slater, so but I, I don't get the idea that I would have been a big fan of his at any point. But um, I do I do love beautiful Bobby in certain points of of his run, so I'll give him a break. But uh, yeah, no, no reason really for them to exist at this time period, other than to be kind of laughing stocks and people that you're supposed to kind of laugh at, even though they may not feel that way. Um, but my first note is what a conglomeration of people to put into a wrestling match, a true mix of generations, just, you know, Slater and Eaton being the old school and Wright and Inferno kind of being the new school two guys, but, uh, very, another very man match, very short match. Uh, I thought Wright did some interesting stuff, but, uh, not much happened outside of that. So I went half star on this one as well. Uh, Callum now. This obviously May 1996. Um, do you get the feeling somebody, you know, somebody was watching in, in, in the WCW Bookie Committee in the 2000s, saw Disco and Alex together and thought, hmm, this might work. Oh, that's, that's what I've got. Um, Boogie Nights before their time, somewhere. Uh, he's just finished. After a hard shift of watch of, of doing live wire on Sunday morning, Vince Russo, Vic, <laughs> Vic Venom, Vic Venom at the times going, you know what? Like if, I, if I can ever have my if I, if I can ever have my hands on these two guys, fucking money right there. Um, <laughs> although Boogie Nights not as good not as good as a a, a team name as um as Bobby uh, called, would would call Disco Inferno the Disco Dumpling. I mean, they would that <laughs> money. Talk about money. I mean, that is that is. You have got a license to print your own money if you have Alex Wright and, and Disco Inferno called the uh, called the Disco Dumplings. Wonderful. Um. So yeah, missed a trick there. So Vince Russo not always cracked up to be. There you go. There's a there's a hot take in the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> um, so in 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 addition to the the poor refereeing that we had in the Pittman match, which um missed at least six occasions where he got one of his one and or both of his shoulders up, um we're just ignoring the top rope disqualification uh in, in WCW now, um. Which is even more strange because Tony uh, brings it up in a later match that someone should have been disqualified for throwing somebody over the top rope. That's the second one they've missed because um, I think Benoit uh, or Rocco Rock um, suplexed Benoit over the top rope before. So um, going back to the old crock and roll, uh, gone but not forgotten, um, trope, <laughs> uh, of, um, oh, uh, of uh, Tommy Young. Um, being being the world's worst referee, um, I think he's he, he, again Tommy Young gone but not forgotten. His, his legacy lives on because the referee in this show has been rubbish. Um, <laughs> although, mm-hmm. I, 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 and, and my final comment is uh, Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton win, and somewhere Sean Kidd was watching this. Um, hashtag aroused, probably. Um, <laughs> fuck it, that, that, this is this is shot. This is a Sean Kidd team if I ever saw one. <laughs> Well, well, there's 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 an image in my head that I didn't need on a Sunday night. So thank you for that. You see, you didn't I, need it. I, I didn't do my obligatory disco fever during this uh, this uh, match. So there you go. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Thank you. I was gonna, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. 
All right, guys. So we we jump along to our next match. So they're not even bothering with Mean Gene backstage. They go they go straight to the next match, which is DDP and the Barbarian versus Ming and Humorous. Now, the last time we covered WCW on this show, DDP lost a match where he was kicked out of WCW. But if you remember back to this timeline time he then got a mysterious benefactor who uh came and rescued him bailed him and got his contract restated now callum am i right in thinking that was meant to be ted dibiase but other things took over if for lack of a better word uh oh could have been that would that would make sense um i thought it was or is that what it, did it turn out to be Kimberly? He stole Kimberly's bingo winnings or something eventually. No, 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 no. Was no, that no, the no. He, he, he stole Kimberly's bing money to begin with. Is that what it was? That's right. So my timeline's a bit off. Um, mm. This doesn't ever get paid off, I don't I was going to, right. No, no, I was going to say, that's what I mean. They don't ever actually, they don't well, ever actually play yeah. you with this. Well, that would that would make sense. So, sorry, my, my timings must have, obviously, like, WCW, never the most coherent in their storytelling. <laughs> um, I've obviously got my timelines mixed up a bit there, but that would make sense, uh, given the role that, that um, Mr. DiBiase eventually comes in under, um, being, being the benefactor of um, people. We'll just leave it at that. You know, I, don't want, I don't want to spoil anything 27 years in the future. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, but that would make <laughs> greatest, greatest, greatest entrance music of all time. Don't at me. The following, uh, the following, the following spoiler was paid for by Callum McDougall. I, I, th- I, th- I think I think this feel like we have we have big Kev came out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> My pipes aren't working today. Get Gemin, Gemin, what, what do you mean your pipes aren't working? <laughs> ben, ben has kept Ben has kept the plumbing you know uh, you oh, couldn't right, come okay. because the plumbing's out you oh know, so. right okay so for a second here I thought you were trying to make out Kevin Nash is you doing it you know, Ben no Ben 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 knows Kevin Nash he phones him one thing oh yeah um, yeah yeah I got a uh, free title yeah um, but yeah I mean uh, uh, long story short um, yes it would make sense now, if you remember, if you remember the initial question, yes, I do, I do, I do. Let's 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 get back to the match because after the last two matches, this one, I I, I rate this well, not not mega high. I think I I only went to one point seven five stars, but compared to the last two matches, this was like Flair Steamboat in comparison. <laughs> um, well, yes, the only the only the only downside was it had um, it had. Humorous in it. Um, humorous. Oh, yes. Sorry, humorous. The laughing yes. man. The laughing man who's made approximately zero people laugh in his in his lifetime. Um, <laughs> it was it was better, but it was also um, it was to to show where we are at this point. It was better, but my note is uh, sloppy, scrappy, and shite. Um, mm. And it had it had a bit of a cluster, bit of a cluster fuck of a finish. However, we'll take it. Small victories at this point. What, what 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 were they called again? Sloppy, S- sloppy, scrappy, and shite. They were the three dwarfs that got left. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they all died in a mining accident. <laughs> hi ho, hi ho! It's off to where we go now. Well, 
ceiling. <laughs> uh, now, Logan, um, I will say that despite everything I've said about this ma- this show already, you know, anytime I get to see the diamond cutter or the ha- or the face of fear be- beating some shades that shares out of each other, I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. And a uh, slight spoiler, but this didn't ends up being a pretty big uh, show for Mr. Page. But uh, yes. he was a replacement, actually, for hard work Bobby Walker. So uh, oh, we wow. almost had the super push of hard work Bobby Walker. They said that when he was uh, coming out. So he is actually not even supposed to be in this tournament. Uh, so th- there is that. Um, but yeah, watching uh, Ming and Barbarian kick the shit out of people is always fun. There was a belly-to-belly that Barbarian hit on Morris at one point, and uh, it took them a second to uh, kind of get it going because they were both kind of afraid that they were going to end up killing each other. So, um, But it could have ended much worse than it did because it seemed like they were kind of hesitant for it. But uh, Callum kind of said it, real convoluted ending. I thought the action in this one was actually pretty good for the most part, and it's probably the best match we've seen so far. <laughs> Not uh, That's damning <laughs> main race, uh, but I gave it two. As I say, I believe that's damning with the faintest of praise right there. <laughs> and also, for those keeping a, keeping the score at home, this is the third match out of six where we have a regular tag team who are on opposite sides of the ring to each other. So you know, I, I'm glad to I'm glad that they keep you know they, they're keeping the mystery around here. Because speaking of, but this time I think we I also think this will be the third or fourth time in seven matches we have a, a regular tag team actually. With each actually together as a team, still. So we've got Fire and Ice, who are Scott Norton and Ice Train, and they're going to be taking on the team of Big Bubba and Steve Ray. My first note for this match reads How many people are in the Dungeon of Doom, and why did we need the NWO? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, I thought you've answered your own question there. Logan, a month later, Fire and Ice have an absolute banger of a match with uh, with the Steiner brothers, the Great American Bash. But they uh, they didn't get to show their best uh, best. They didn't get to put their best foot forward in this match. Let's just let's just be nice about it. Yeah, that's fairly accurate. And uh, you know, it, when I do my notes, I always put the match. It's you know whoever versus whoever. And luckily on this one. The uh, team of Big Bubba and Stevie Ray ended up being Bubba Ray, so I got PTSD from my uh, recent <laughs> recent month on uh, ruthlessly aggressive. So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, Bobby, when Duggan is or uh, not Duggan, uh, when uh, no, no, he makes a joke about Duggan for some reason. I don't know why he's talking about uh, hacksaw in this match for some reason. But he makes a horrible duck hunting joke where he like says instead of like shooting the duck, you like throw the dog at the duck or something like that it was just a- <laughs> um but just making fun of uh duggan's brain operation a little bit more um i always love that dusty calls big bubba bubber he always calls him big bubber so i, I always thought that was a-, a really funny thing that he did um i didn't think this was a horrible power little power matchup just you know big guys slapping meat and all that kind of stuff Definitely not a technical classic at the same time, but I thought uh, Norton uh, of of Fire and Ice, the fire uh, brought it a little bit. So uh, I only went one and a half because, again, it was short and not very technically good, but uh, good little power matchup, I'd say. Yeah, me, me and you are pretty much in sync on this show, so for Clarence, <laughs> I went one and a half on it too. Uh, like, uh, like, 
Lucas says, Callum, this is this is a great example of a hot, a hot power match. You know, big men, big men slapping meat as our good friend Big E says. Um, I don't know. And now I've mentioned Big E. Can I, can you uh, crowbar uh, Total Divas in there? I'm, I'm expecting it. <laughs> oh, I could, I could, I could try. Um, I imagine that obviously when 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 TJ went down with his injury. Um, he did watch a lot of the network, um, and when he was sitting at home, obviously then went on to that really, really good tag team with Cesaro <laughs> at that point. Fire and Ice probably watched a lot of Fire and Ice, because these guys are peak tag team wrestling. <laughs> um, oh, t- 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 again, I've just got, uh, it's um, big beefy men slapping meat uh, is, is the thing, and a tribute to Big E, which is really funny because the finisher is a double shoulder block, which is literally two big, big, big beefy men slapping meat. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, some excellent commentary, Big Bubba, obviously, as, as we've already mentioned. Um, there was yes, I've mentioned also the the, the the thing about the ducks, which I've then got. Uh, sorry, Dusty, can you repeat that in English? Um, and Bobby <laughs> with an absolute with an absolute brilliant one going. Uh, he's called Flash because of his <laughs> because of his arm wrestling technique, not because he wears a big coat and walks through parks. <laughs> 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 Which is even better when I'm trying to when I'm trying to read it back. Um, yeah, excellent, yes, wonderful commentary in this match. As much as we as much as we uh, love um, as much as we love Dusty, I think if we did like an MVP and he shows Bobby would be winning it with a landslide at this point. <laughs> well, we need to do we need to do more. I, I, I'm just I'm not trying to sway anyone in this. Um, either the two of you or any future guests we might have but any time we do 95 or 96 WCW will be an absolute treat having this three-man team because at one point I don't oh yeah I don't know if it's this match or Tony at what this match or another one that Tony the two of them are going at it so much that Tony can't hold it together and there's like there's like five <laughs> seconds of dead air because, <laughs> because Tony must be must be losing it by, on commentary. He's got himself muted. It's just the three of them together are just brilliant. The, the thing is, though, like Tony's playing the straight man, and they, like if you watch him today, like you know, you like you say, you know, you know exactly how naughty and how you know how mischievous he can be. So you can only imagine what he's doing off mic when these two are going riffing off on each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do hear him at one point just going, "Oh God!" <laughs> or he just, he's going, he just, he's, he's obviously, he's obviously laughing. And he comes, but he unmutes himself too early. And you just hear him go, "Oh!" <laughs> I, I always felt so bad for Tony in this in this uh, commentary team because you know he's just laughing his ass off the whole time. <laughs> he's having, he's, I, 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 as you say, Ben, he's the straight man, so he has to keep it, he has to keep it together. But these guys are just. They're, they just are making it so difficult for him. I think so, at a certain they're... point, Bobby just does it to rib Tony. Like, I don't, I don't even think he's commentating anymore. I think he's actively just trying to make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are amazing together. They are so good. Um, Chairman, um, I hate to say it, but we have reached the end of the first, almost reached the end of the first round of the battle ball. We have got one more t- contest to go, which will pit. The team of Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair 
and Randy Savage. Now, here is a match where if all four men were at their peak, we would be talking, you know, four stars without them even trying. And sadly, this has a a rather big storyline attached to it. For those who do not remember this time period, um, Randy, Randy Savage had lost all of his money. He'd lost Liz. He'd lost everything to Ric Flair. So Savage is a madman. He's a crazy man at this stage. And for once in his life, it is actually, it's actually apt that he's acting this way because when, when, when that happens, you've only got, you know, fight or flight and all that. Um, that is shown right at the beginning of the match where Ric Flair's music does play, but he doesn't come out. So they have to play Savage's music. So he comes out first. Wood Savage is then in the ring. Flair does appear and he decides to run to the ring and attack Savage along with Arn. Um, Callum, like I say, this, this if this was just a standalone tag, tag match, this would have been killer. But the storyline is that good. You, you almost don't mind the fact that the match was abbreviated because the storyline is that good with it. No, this is, this is one of these... This is one of these matches that's, and so, sometimes you go, this match is an angle, and it's sometimes a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. But they, 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 this is as close to it being this match is an angle without to actually, uh, without to actually going because you do get some some, some good stuff, and you get, um, with these four guys, you're just going to get, you ask them to do whatever whatever you want, and you're going to get the best version of it, um, ninety nine times out of a hundred. Even with the storyline, you were just, you were just, um, yeah, it was just, it was perfect for what it wanted to be. And this whole, this whole thing carried WCW at this point in time because Hogan was off doing whatever Hogan was off doing. Um, but this was just, this is just, this was as good as anything before you, you think, like, they always talk about how. The NWO came in and changed everything for WCW, but they had this. They had this going on, which was just as hot as anything that the thing he had done that the NWO were doing, and it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, and the crowd were finally into something, um, and it was just excellent all round. I actually, I actually put this, uh, despite it being more angle than match, I gave this a, a, a lovely two point five percent rate, the two point five star rating. Two point five percent. That would be two point five percent. The rest of it's two point five percent. I've got a scribble next to it that looks like a that I think is meant to be a star, but it looks like a percentage. And, e- and even that, even that might be a bit low because it's, this was just wonderful. I I've got it to two and a half as well. Um, what I will say, Logan, is you know as, as much as we like the angle of the tag match, um, to help this show along, this should have been this should have been the flare, and especially with what we know is going to happen eight days time, this should have been the blow off to Savage and Flair. Just just give them the pay per view blow off match here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think they should have gotten uh, their own match somewhere along this card. Uh, maybe thrown another uh, random tag team in this. Uh, tournament but yeah it's more it's more angle than match it's more about the, the continued destruction of savage's life um he's already lost his wife and his money but it's now they're gonna just take his career from him pretty much because uh, arn hits him with a gross ddt after the match on the floor i thought that was really nasty looking um I, but i love that flair actually attacks savage before the bell even happens yes um, 
I, I also really enjoyed the Flair and Guerrero interactions because I know they have a United States title match at uh, pay-per-view at some point, but they don't really interact very much. So I thought it was really cool seeing them kind of match up in this match. Um, but yeah, I, I went two and I went a little slower. I went two and a quarter, but I mean, I, I get why y'all went two and a half. It's definitely the most entertaining portion of the show so far. Yeah, I've got to say Eddie is really good at this. He, you know, playing the pissed off partner of art. He's, he's he he does play a really good role in this. Uh, but gentlemen, at this point, that is the first round of the battle ball over. We are nearly ready for round number two, but at this point. I feel like we should take a break, get ourselves ready to go, because like I say, we have got the second round. We have got the Battle Royal to decide the Lord of the Ring. And we've also got three title matches coming up in the second part of the show. So, for Callum McDougall and Logan Droglin, I'm Ben Locke, and we will see you on the other side. Nation, welcome back to episode 36 of Chicken Side. My name is Ben Luck. I'm here with Logan Crosland and Callum McDougall, and we are talking all things Slamboree 1996. So let's get back to it. We go to the entranceway where Mean Gene has managed to get himself some Hooters Girls, which is apparently Gene's favorite establishment. The girls have the envelopes ready, and Gene picks the team who will get the buy into the Battle Royal, as there are only 12 men left now in the tournament. That team will be Fire and Ice. The first match of the second round will have Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Wall Street. Um, Callum, can you, as the Battle Ball correspondent slash apologist, can you explain to me why they are still together as teams at this point? Because surely if we're having a separate drawing, then they'd be separate teams again. Or am I just thinking too long about it? Um, well, it would make sense. Like, you could do, it would add a bit of intrigue to it. If you have to do two rounds that they do, excuse me, they redraw all the teams again. At least it would give. At least it would give you something, sort of, to to look forward to. Um, yeah, I, I like that idea, Ben. I'll keep. I'll, I'll note that one for when we're booking. Thank you. When we're booking, um, AEW at some point for you because. Thank you. Tony's coke habit gets a bit too much for him. Um, oh. I'll keep that in mind. Oh, that's not very. Well, actually, might be true, but not very nice. I believe that the word allegedly needs to be put in there at some point. Allegedly, or if if he becomes a fool and get into Europe or something, and he wants us to, to book Rampage for him. 
Yes. You know, yes. something nicer. Now that's getting now that's getting to like Sunday night heat level, then yes, I think I think we could do rampage. We could do rampage can be like remember when Jimmy Hart did Saturday night and its own little world its own little universe. Yes. We, we yes. could have we could have the rampage universe where we do oh. lethal lotteries every week. The the the, the RCU. <laughs> Oh, God. You know it's coming, Logan. Don't don't fight it. You know, like like Leanne Rhyme said, don't fight the moonlight. You know, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> Goodness me! Our next match, though, gentlemen, is between Dean Malenko and Brad Armstrong. I've got a few notes before we start. Uh, first note: He reads, "Ah, yes, when Dean Malenko was described as a youngster." Those days did happen, kids. Although he does look pretty much exactly the same as he did does now. So, you mm-hmm. know, horses for courses and all that. Um, also, it's at this point where I noticed Dusty's love of the word situation. If you ever, if you ever feel so inclined, take a drink every time Dusty says situation. You will have the night of your life, kids. Let's let's just put it <laughs> like that because that is a man who loves that word. Uh, also, a bit of history with this match, gentlemen. This is the very first cruiserweight title match on pay per view. Um, I will go to Logan first. With that said, Logan, and the style of cruiserweight wrestling that we that we know, thanks thanks predominantly to Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Jericho, even in later years. Um, this wasn't the humdinger that we came to know and love. This was sort of more of a a gentle intro into how things could be. Yeah, this definitely wasn't your typical cruiser match, which is actually one of my notes, but it was definitely an enjoyable uh, match for, as well. This is kind of more of like the kind of light heavyweight style that they had at one point with like Pillman and all those guys. I feel like it was more like ground based as well. They did some high flying stuff, but um, it, it was a little bit more submission and stuff like that based. Um, you know, Malenko does a really gross drop kick to the knee at one point, and then he really ruthlessly works on the knee the rest of the match. I like that. And then that uh, top rope gut buster he does uh, for the finish was really nasty. So I, I enjoyed that as well. But yeah, real physical, kind of ground based uh, cruiser contest. It's not your typical cruiserweight match, but uh, I, I went two and three quarters and really liked it. Again, again, we are we are perfectly in sync because that's exactly what I went. <laughs> and the gut buster, the gut buster always pops me. I, Callum, um, you mentioned it in an earlier match. And I'm going to mention it here. Like Malenko, particularly in the middle of this match, puts on an absolute clinic when he's destroying Armstrong's leg. Um, but the crowd do not give two shits about this and just sit there doing nothing. Bobby even has to cover for them at one stage towards the end of the match. Yeah, I've got I've got that I've got that very note. The crowd is so dead that Bobby had to acknowledge it, and he does his very best to make it sound uh, positive um, in what he's saying. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be very respectful. And we watched in, in, in the last Starflation, uh, Okada and uh, Ishi. Um, now everyone always talks about how Japanese um, crowds are quiet and respectful and it's a proper sport to them but see for the last five minutes you couldn't shut that crowd up this crowd isn't a respectful japanese crowd and you know enjoying what they're seeing in front of them this crowd is just rubbish they're not enjoying anything <laughs> they're, not en- they're not enjoying being there they're not enjoying the concessions that they're getting they're not en- like if you uh, give these people another couple of free pint stacks and you know maybe get a reaction out of them they're rubbish saying that 
You have Jushin Liger in the building. Spoilers. You have Jushin Liger in the building. Why is he not in the Cruiserweight title match? I mean, that just, seems, that just seems like a missed opportunity. I mean, maybe Brad Armstrong will... Maybe Brad Armstrong will, will sort of... His style maybe more suits uh, Malenko, but Malenko's style... Malenko could have a good match with anyone. I can't imagine him against Liger would be... Would be any worse than would be any worse than this. I mean, it was perfectly acceptable. It was decent without it, <laughs> without it ever being spectacular. Um, that that top rope gut buster will not will never cease to amuse me. It's just disgusting. It's a lovely move to to see. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, seems it seems like a bit of a waste. Um, mm. considering who considering who you who you have in, um, and. Yeah, um, uh, um, yeah. If Brad Armstrong going forward is going to be the caliber of of uh, wrestlers that they have um, against Malenko, then the cruiserweight title will be, you know, irrelevant very, very quickly. I can't imagine it's. I can't imagine it's going to go anywhere. No, it, it won't stick. It won't stick around, Billy. That, that's yeah. fine. No, no, go, no. Just, just look what happened. You had Takemichi Noku in the WWF. And then it went. To, oh, sorry, it's not. It's not happened yet at this point. Has it? And then it went to Gilbert for two and a half years. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen to this one. No one will ever remember or think highly of the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I will also. I also. I think I should say at this point, like somebody needs to bring that top rope gut buster back. I don't know who. Mickey, oh yeah. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Starks, maybe. I think he could probably do it, but somebody needs to bring that back. You could bring uh, Roddy Strong could do it. He could. He's a. Oh yes. He's the king, yes. king of the busters, so he could do that. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, after the match, Jamin, though, we get a video package, but we do. It's not just any old video package because, guess what, Caleb? Guess guess what? What? You have you heard of somebody called Glacier? Getting a little cold hey. in there. Mike, I don't know. Is that not what sunk the Titanic? I don't know about you guys, but my blood is starting to run cold because Glacier is coming to WCW. <laughs> Love the wind effect that you just make. If we ever get really meta one day, I, I, think, we should, if, I think we should do like a chicken salad wrestler special and just do a whole run of Glacier matches. <laughs> oh, it's, it's that's always as popular. It's always as popular and good an idea as Sean's um, Christian Cage best of TNA podcast. Right. Yeah, that one's yeah, pretty yeah. bad. What 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 would, what what would you call it or something like? Well, he's he's a, he's a wrestler, so he's more of a striker or something like combat and I don't know, like I, Mortal Combat or something. You'd oh, probably call it. Oh, I will deliver. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, after after the excitement of that promo we then go back to the arena where Mean Gene is still with the Hooters girls and he's getting very confused about which girls names which even though they are all wearing name tags he then oh, reviewed <laughs> oh yes, they switch name tags sorry I do, I do apologise uh, we then get we then find out that the other two second round matches will pit the public enemy and Ric Flair and Randy Savage. And the other match will be Diamond Dallas Page and the Barbarian. This is the Booty Man and Rick Steiners. 
Steiners? Steiner. <laughs> the girls announce that they are going back to Hooters with Jean to drink beer and eat chicken wings. Now, gentlemen, that sounds like a pretty good night to me. I mean, you know, even even listening to drunk Jean telling stories, that sounds, that sounds like a great fun. I don't know about you. That sounds like a hell of a time. It does. It does, right? That's rather to- enjoyable. After the after this, we then kick off the second round with Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan and VK Wall Street. Um, Callum, my note, my one note for this match reads: This is a match that happened. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, again, Stoke on Trent's. Third finest export behind Slash and your good self. Um, oh. does, is, there you go. What a suck up. Team. <laughs> I know it's well, to be fair, to be fair, it's either that a guy called Robbie Williams who you won't know, or the uh, or the captain of the Titanic. So we're, you know, we're not exactly. Uh... Oh, oh, and 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 Sir Stanley Matthews and Josiah Wedgwood. But what did they ever do? That's Stanley Matthews who had this, uh, was that guy ever done first ever Malin Dor winner but yeah. Um yeah, I mean I have three notes for this one. Um, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. This it's it's taken me to this point, so we're this this we must be a good hour and a half to maybe an hour and three quarters into this show and it's only now dawned on me that this has not been anywhere near as good as 93 so far um, <laughs> uh, the second note nothing match um, third note 0.5 stars which I think is probably very very generous but I am a battle bow enthusiast and none of them died so I mean that's at least something they, I, get in, I... they didn't hurt each other they got back out half a star to be fair, I've also got three notes. So, I, I, so one was the first thing I said. Second was, bravo, bravo, Wall Street for bringing back the IRS uh, abdominal stretch. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure we've all missed that. Oh, yes. And my, and my third note, Logan, is um, just simply, yeah, meh, gentlemen's 0.5 stars. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I have three notes as well. Um, I went, I actually went one on it. Um, partners attacking each other before the bell again, uh, just a stupid fucking idea. They do it throughout the match. Uh, so it makes it even stupider. Um, I love that Duggan uh, does the, uh, USA chant, um, while facing two guys that are probably from the most USA states of all time. Uh, Mr. Slater is from Florida and Mr. Eaton is from Alabama, so that's like <laughs> as America as it gets. So, like, um, I don't really know what he was going. I mean, I guess Eaton's supposed to be the British sympathizer or whatever because he's with the Blue Bloods, but um, 
but yeah, just that chant in this match was like, ah, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. You keep doing you, Duggan. Um, but yeah, another blah match. There was more about partners fighting than the fighting in the match itself. So just another stupid, bettable, convoluted bullshit. But I, I actually went one on it because I thought the action was all right. <laughs> I, I I will I will say at this point like I, you know I don't I don't usually get too political on these pods but uh, has there ever been a more MAGA looking wrestler than Dick Slater? Just I'm just oh, gonna throw that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like every single MAGA stereotype right there in one man. <laughs> Absolutely. Now our next match, gentlemen. Well, we call it a match, but you know it is more of an angle as we sort of uh, mentioned when they actually when. Two of the wrestlers were in their first match. match. Pitts, the public enemy versus Ric Flair and Randy Savage. I'll, I'll just read my notes and then we'll just, like I say, we'll just talk after. Um, so Savage doesn't come out. So Flair's music hits and he comes out with the ladies, with Liz throwing out Savage's money. This caused Randy to have an absolute wild man attack and he then goes for Flair with security, the police, and other wrestlers unable to break them up until about two, three minutes after the fight finished. Flair goad, keeps goading Savage, and they finally get hold of him. Uh, Flair and Savage get counted out, and the public enemy make it to the Battle Royal. And um, again, Callum, I know as I mentioned it to Logan, I will say it again, Callum, um, why didn't we get Savage and Flair in a blow-off here? You know what I mean? Apologies. Oh. That be- and that is the best that's the best comment I've ever made and you know what? I've immediately forgotten it, so I'll never be that good again. <laughs> um, no I, I think now I think they might have wanted to, to, to possibly because at this point in time the Great American Bash is one of the biggest their biggest shows or, or is sort of it's their summer slam. Well, in my opinion, anyway, it's probably their SummerSlam. Maybe they were wanting to blow it off there. But then it doesn't... No, because then that doesn't make sense with what happens later on in the show. No. Um, I think, is it possibly they've wanted to blow it off there? And then then they've been sidetracked because of other things that have happened backstage, namely... Um, again, spoilers, they've signed Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Oh my god. Um I don't know if they've then been they've then been distracted and in, t- in true typical WCW fashion didn't realise until the last minute. Um I, I don't know. Because this seems this will all, this just seems very non final. Like mm. They've not resolved, as you say, they've not resolved anything, they've not blown anything off. And then in the same show where it's non-final, they have transitioned Flair into his next thing. All very, very strange. Now, Logan, we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned Flair and Savage quite a lot tonight. Um, has there been, there can't be many more, many more better examples of people having an easier route to a, a final or a a world title opportunity than what the public enemy get in this show. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically get their opponent helping them win the match in the first one, and then they get a pretty much a bye. Like, Fire and Ice got a bye in the second round because there was too many teams because of the earlier countout uh, in the first match. So they actually got a bye as well. So, yeah, the, the two actual tag teams that they left together are a couple of the tag teams that they actually left together uh, got a pretty pretty easy night. But, yeah, I mean, they could they could have... Uh, they could have done a Savage Flare match here. I, I really think this is a throwaway pay-per-view, and they knew that, and they were treating it as that because they knew what they had on the other side. So they were just trying to kind of get through this one, and they threw the Battle Bowl concept on it, and you know, kind of, kind of, you know, that fit in for their liking at the time, and kind of it fit their narrative that they wanted to go with. So. Um, I really think this is kind of a throwaway show, and and then they treat it uh, that exact way. So um, they probably just didn't want to put that big of a match uh, on this card just because they didn't care about it. (laughs) That seems quite reasonable to me. And speaking of matches that you don't really care about, that leads us quite nicely into our uh, final (laughs) match of the second round, which will pit Diamond Dallas Page and the Barbarian, and they will take on the team of the Booty Man and Rick Steiner. At this point, Dusty reveals that he wants to go backstage to find out more about the Flair Savage situation, baby. Uh, and we also get, of course, a callback to the earlier storyline with DDP joring, joring, I should say, with Kimberly. Now, Logan, uh, like I say, this is the only match that we have in the second round that can be considered like a quote-unquote proper match um and to be fair this is this is more about the barbarian than it is about ddp at this stage it's almost like ddp sort of trying to fade a bit into the background but also be the difference maker in his team if that makes yeah, sense. yeah yeah they, they definitely wanted to show that page was like the difference make baker uh on his team for sure that, that they were trying to feature him a little bit um I, I love to watch uh, Brick Steiner suplex big motherfuckers because so, he gets uh, Barbarian in a suplex. At one point, it just chucks him, so it's amazing how strong he is. Um, but uh, Barbarian and Page actually make a pretty good team uh, together. They actually work together really well, unlike a lot of everybody else in this tournament. They do a few moves together, and I just feel like they're really in sync. I don't know if they like really talked about it beforehand and just came off as uh, better teammates than some of these other guys. Um, but I, I felt like they really kind of somewhat gelled as a team. It, it was kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, Paige, Paige seems to be uh, the focus of uh, where they're going throughout the re- night. Uh, but he was fine, uh, and so were the others in the match, but just not much time was given to this, uh, and it never really got to get going because, you know, they're just on a time crunch because they had 15 fucking matches on a pay-per-view. So uh, <laughs> I, I, went, I went one and a quarter on it. It was, it was all right. Now, now, Callum, like, like Logan says, that we've been searching for highlights on this show, but there are there are a few things in life that are greater than uh, Rick Steiner suplexing big motherfuckers around the ring. <laughs> no, no, and if there's a guy who would um, uh, doesn't suit being chucked around the ring, but also simultaneously loves being chucked around the ring because he doesn't mind getting dropped in his head, it's the Barbarian. So I mean, that's that, that is a match made in that's a match made in heaven, um, which was probably as you guys were saying a highlight of a highlight of the match, uh, not a highlight of match that I noted because there is only two notes in this one, perfectly acceptable but crowd is awful one star. Um, mm. not, I, 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 as Logan was saying the, the matches are painfully short because they've got to fit so much in. Now, 
like the WWE can hold 15 match cards at WrestleMania previously, but they had five hours in which to do it. AEW do 15 match cards just now, but they've got four hours in which they can do it, or five hours sometimes, depending on depending on the type of show. They're not really in a rush to have. They have 15 matches which are, are which are allowed to breathe, which is better than having 15 matches which are not given the time to do anything. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there you go. There's, there's, your, there's your AEW component of the episode there, Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fine. It was perfectly, perfectly acceptable. But once you see, now that we know who the final eight are, they have sort of telegraphed who's going to win. Uh-huh. And I feel that hard work Bobby Walker should feel very aggrieved at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was again. It was it was perfectly, perfectly fine, which is we, sort we'll, of in keeping with 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 the rest of it. It's poor, but not offensively poor. We, we'll start that campaign to get you know the hard work Bobby Walker recognised uh, straight after <laughs> this show finishes. Kind of don't worry. I, I would like to know at the time uh, uh, who fans thought was going to win this. Like, were, were did everybody think Flair and Savage were going to like? Uh, coexist and win it, and one of them was going to win the battle royal, or like because nobody in this thing uh, deserves a world title shot, like not even DDP at this point. So it's well, just you know, you, you've got to think with what was on, you know, what was on the line that it was going to be one of those upper mid card guys. Act, you know, it's it's either them mm. two or it's either them two or Luger to push, isn't it? With who's actually there? Yeah, you could have yeah. seen you could have seen one of the Steiners win it, but. With with how they did the first match, yeah, you, you could have seen, like, obviously Arn and Flair wanted the first goal was to take out Savage, but then Arn DDT's Eddie, so you had you could have had run with the story that right, okay, they want the Horsemen want to take out or Arn and Flair, sorry, want to take out Savage, but Arn will also do anything he can to make sure that Flair's in that battle royal and gets another shot at the world title. And yeah, yeah. it's just kind of so they kind of planted that seed and then dug the ground back up, took the seed back out. It's like, <laughs> it, were, yeah, it's very, very strange. But there was very, they started off with 32 guys who could have, like, and there was a good few names in there could have done it. But and then one by one, they just eliminated them all from the tournament. Uh-huh. That's the wrong kind of gardening as well, kids. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Jez, before our next match starts, we have a change in the commentary box. Uh, as I mentioned in the last match, Dusty Rhodes wants to find out more about what's going on between Ric Flair and Randy Savage. However, I think just the real reason Dusty wanted to leave commentary is he wanted to go and want to match with his son, who in mid-96 was causing quite the stir in the World Wrestling Federation. His son was playing a character named Gold Dust. His son's name is Dustin Rhodes, of course. Uh, like I say, you may know him as Dust- you may know him as Goldust, but you may also know him as Well they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The horse does the rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. 
He sure is. Uh, so, as I say, Dusty is not here for commentary for our next match. However, we get one of the first appearances from Iron Mike Tenay. Although at this point he is known as the Professor Mike Tenay. And during this match, boy, has he got some facts to give out in this very short allotted space of time. Uh, Logan, um, you know how much I love Conan on the highway to the impact zone. So you can only imagine how happy I was that he was getting pay-per-view time at this point, especially against a guy like Jushin uh, Thunder Liger. You know, that's, that seemed like a fair talent trade-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well our, our blood ran cold earlier, and I think my skin is burning right now because I'm actually <laughs> probably going to be pretty positive on this match, uh, shockingly enough. Um My first comment is, though, let's see how bad Conan can make another legend look after his abysmal performance with Eddie Guerrero at uh, Uncensored that we previously watched. Um, But there was a good brain buster at one point. Uh, Conan has uh, the letter K uh, shaved into three sides of his head. So his head, if you look at all the way around, says KKK. So that is uh, pretty problematic, though he pro- might fit in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So um, yeah, we'll leave that one alone. Um, uh, there was a nice capo kick that landed pretty flush on Conan's chin towards the end of the match. Uh, I, I, as well as you, do not like much about Conan, but I do love his little Alabama slam that he does out of the corner. I don't know if that's what he calls it, but that's the move that or the name that I associate with the move I'm talking about. Um, This match was good because Conan let Liger have most of the offense and Conan hit his spots uh, that he uh, needs needed to hit and usually does hit pretty effectively. So uh, I think Conan was very giving in this one. And that is why this match was probably match of the night at three and a quarter star. Wow. Well, I went two and three quarters on it, and I thought I was going to be the high bit, but that might genuinely be the uh, the highest mark I've ever given to a Conan match. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about themselves. Um, uh, like, like Logan said, Callum, um, Mike also tells us about the KKK in uh, Conan's head. Um, that was my particular favorite Iron Mike fact, but there was many others on this night. Um, you know, we 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 we'd say Dusty could be distracting sometimes, but Iron Mike was going for it with the, some of these comments. Oh, he was he was and Iron Mike was in top form. Um, I, I did I did like at one point. Goes, ah, I can tell you about that. And Bobby goes, no, please don't. I'm, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> I have I have listening. got that. No, I've got that. I've got that. No way. I'm, I'm not listening. Mike. Mike might try to tell uh, Bobby a story, but Bobby ain't interested. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> because I can tell you about it, but no, I don't care. Please don't. Um, this match didn't... Uh, it was fine, wasn't it? Like, I don't think it was bad. Right? <laughs> but... I was so in a much, really good mood when I watched this, Callum. There was so much better... There was so much better you could have done with Jushin Liger than Conan. Um, And I think I'm just thinking, I mean, it was fine. I went, I went two and a half on it. So it's like very, very, and it was, it was, it was good. It was technically sound. It was fine. Conan was a lot better than he would become, obviously. Although I do think, does he not have, does he not like tear his knee up like completely? And that's what basically made him shit. (laughs) <laughs> not a really bad knee injury at one point. Um, if you if you notice right at the very start, um, 
when Conan jumps in the ring, you can see him immediately ask Liger or the referee if he listens to his podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a lot of times where I thought I that Conan... The <laughs> um, there was a lot of times that Conan, I thought, was bringing Liger down to his level. But it was, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it's, it's difficult not to, like... You're looking at Jushin Liger, who's one of the best that's ever stepped in the ring, and you could never, you could never accuse Conan of being that. But it was, it was, it was fine. It was one of the better matches on the show, for, uh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see why, I can see why uh, Logan may have, may have, if he was in a good mood and having watched the rest of the stuff, um, it definitely stands out like a sore thumb amongst all the, amongst all the tag matches, definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And Conan would probably say he's one of the best wrestlers of all time, you know, because as, and he's impartial. He's, of course, he's, he's, the, he's the Nathan Jones of wrestling. You go target all the targeting <laughs> jokers again there. <laughs> how many how many football related gags can we put in that Luke will have no clue about? <laughs> Not enough. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> He's always as entertaining as that one. <laughs> hey, I'm sure. <laughs> so German, after the match, we then go back to the entranceway where Mean Gene brings out Ric Flair. Who comes out with "Oh woman, oh woman, will you marry me now?" Rick, that joke was old six months ago. Could stop it. Liz and Double A. They reveal that Randy Savage has been sent for a psychological evaluation, and he won't be coming back tonight. However, Rick will be going back to his hotel to party at a combination pajama slash lingerie party. That's right. That seems like my kind of event. <laughs> He then moves on to Steve Munger McMichael, who should stick apparently, who apparently should stick to playing football, which brings Mungo out and says he can cash in the checks that Flair is writing. Flair stands behind Double A and challenges Mungo to a match with him and any partner that he chooses. That Mungo apparently is a mind reader and knew this was going to happen, and so he brings out Kevin Green who had just finished playing for the Pittsburgh Seals and then just signed a contract to go to the Carolina Panthers. He runs Ric Flair and Arn Anderson to the entrance and says that they will meet the two of them anytime, any place they want. Um, Logan, Callum mentioned it when we were talking about the, in the public enemy match. It was just very weird this, that you know we're, we're using this pay-per-view time to basically build up to the next month's show. Yeah, 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 and and it, they're so clearly going away from. I think Savage ends up being someone involved. He ends up being the coach of uh, the yes. team. Uh, so uh, it, they obviously are trying to go somewhat away from it, but keeping him in it at the same time. So it seemed like the whole night it was Savage Flair. So it, it's kind of weird that they're going away from it too. Um, but anytime we get to hear Mongo Baby talk, we, it's, a, it's a good time. So um, and then Kevin Green always is fired up. He was always a really good. Uh, addition in these uh you know kind of one-off matches that he had it every now and then he was a good one of the good athletes that uh, could come in and have a pretty solid match but uh the big thing that stood out to me in this segment is uh kevin green's ponytail 
So <laughs> he, I, I assume he has very long hair based on this, the fact that he had this ponytail. But uh, I can only describe it as the uh, Padawan ponytail. So if you're a Star Wars fan, and in the first movie, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has this little ponytail that kind of hangs in the front or it's kind of the side of the front of his face so <laughs> kevin green had this but it was in the back so i i described it as the i actually said the anakin skywalker padawan ponytail so uh that wrapped up the fashion <laughs> statement of the night for me uh though dusty's jacket is quite uh, amazing at the same time but uh that that will wrap up that award for me right here and there <laughs> now you know at some point I'm, I'm not saying tonight gents but at some point i will need to hear a conversation between dusty Rhodes and mungo at, at some point doesn't have, to be, doesn't have to be tonight but yeah we'll I, I, we'll we'll crowbar it in at some at somewhere along the line hey baby yeah it's being mango my mango baby baby you're able to chicago bill baby <laughs> Super Bowl champion, 1985. Chicago Bears. Yeah, I played football, baby. I was pretty good at it. <laughs> I like you in Lawrence Taylor's Super Team at WrestleMania 11. <laughs> I can see why we signed you. You said that that you that, that, that the Million Dollar Corporation knew you were, and they could come and get a baby. I like, I like the fire. They were in the doldrums financially, baby, so I came to WCW. Yeah, yeah, they can't pay you shit, Mongo. <laughs> you get paid in hot dogs over there. You get paid here with a big boss play. I'm going to try to be now. the Supreme Fight Machine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> I think we love hey, Mongo. Baby, I think we love Ben. I think Ben's having a minimum moment himself. <laughs> I'm, 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 back, I'm back. I'm back, Dusty. I'm back. Ben's having some hard times. <laughs> He's having some hard times earlier on with that lion's woman. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm back, boys. I'm back, boys. Because we've got to be serious now. Because it is. This is. There might be a main event to this show, but in Callum's heart, this will be the true main event because we then go back to the ring and we get what Callum and a few other people will consider to be the real main event of tonight's show as we are going to be having the final of the Battle Bowl contest, which is a real who's who of wrestling. The eight participants are Scott Norton, Ice Train, Dick Slater, Bobby Eaton, Rocker Rock, Johnny Grunge, The Barbarian, and Diamond Dallas Page. Yes, people really did pay for this shit. And one of these gentlemen apparently will get a world title match next month, although they actually don't. Sorry to <laughs> spoil that for everybody, but they actually don't get a title match. Uh, Logan, I'll go to you first about the match itself, because... It's, it's it's weird, right? So the first part of the match is the usual punching, kick, battle royal fest. And then for some reason, uh, pinfalls count, even though nobody's actually mentioned that at any stage of the evening. 
Yeah, it sure would have been nice to have those uh, rules explained. But my first note is, hmm, I wonder who's going to win this one. The one, <laughs> the one singles guy or the seven other tag team guys? Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, you can tell by my notes that nothing happened before the uh, pinfall started counting. So uh, I do love that the three consecutive diamond cutters almost resulted in three straight pinfalls. That would have been a pretty cool finish because he hits three and then he pins each other them individually but uh barbarian actually ends up kicking out um barbarian does a tombstone and i do not know how ddp didn't break his neck because he landed directly on his head like it was so unsafe just absolutely gross um i thought it was uh pretty smart uh knowing where they go with ddp it's pretty smart to make ddp look super tenacious kind of kicking out of all these power moves and kind of persevering through the latter part of this match against barbarian i think it's also cool that they kind of had that they teamed up all night and it ended up being between them two for the final final minutes um but a big change of fortune for mr page from the last month he uh he lost it all and now he's got the benefactor and now he's got the battle bowl uh battle bowl ring so uh big month for mr page but i went two on it because that first part was very basic battle royal style stuff and like a eight-man battle royal just it's weird it it just seems small and kind of lackluster and all that kind of stuff but i thought the the ending portion uh was pretty solid between uh the final four and especially the final two um i will i will say that this match gave me my second favorite dusty line of the night after the uh after tony's after tony's night out revelations which is where uh ddp hits a low blow on the barbarian but it is a low blow it's just a reflex kick, according to Dusty. I don't know why. That just cracked me up for some reason. I've got no idea. Um, Callum, like Logan says, it's an eight-man battle royal, which is, you know, too many, way too many, or way too few, I should say. And when you basically got one singles guy and seven tag guys, it's not, it's not difficult to see who's going to win this. No, uh, first note, well, first note was it's a battle royal, isn't it? So uh, giving you really my, my, my overall thoughts on the match. Um, and then DDP is the only singles guy in the ring, so it sort of give, gives away the ending. Um, more so than, like, so you, more so than the guys, that even if the rest of the guys were, were singles competitors left, DDP is the only one that you could probably see winning. Um even without the benefit of hindsight, but the fact that the rest of them are all either currently part of a tag team that's all that's still in the match, or another tag team in in some way, shape, or form, does give away the ending a bit. Um, awful refereeing number four. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the the Tommy Young uh, awful refereeing uh, Tommy Young memorial awful refereeing moment. Ice train shoulders weren't down when he got pinned. Okay, so Nick Patrick holds your head in shame. I think it was Nick Patrick, either him or Randy Anderson. Both of them. I mean, Randy Anderson is, is tonight's LVP in amongst all the shit. And Randy <laughs> Anderson's referee was the worst. Um, <clears throat> and it was really strange to hear the diamond cutter. I mean, we got four of them in this match. Really strange to hear, to see the diamond cutter with no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> yes. I mean, what a time to be alive. Think about it. This time next year, Slamboree 97. Uh, He'd probably he'd been in the middle of his savage feud, and like in th- that time, like the, the, around that time, they saw the Parker had a diamond cutter, not not 
possibly not knowing it was DDP and the crowd went batshit crazy and here he crickets. Although that might be something to do with how crap the crowd was as well, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, going on the awful refereeing front, um, it was nice to see the WCW in a battle reel decided not to have any officials on the outside. So, totally, well, I know it was part of the storyline, but totally missing the uh, page being eliminated and then getting first, back yeah. into the ring. <laughs> but that, that was the first moment I was like, because I, I couldn't remember to begin with. I was like, they're going to do pinfalls in this. That's why they've got no ref. That's why they've only got one referee and he's in the ring. What the hell's going on? <laughs> God bless WCW. <laughs> and they wonder why they went out of business. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, after the match, gents, we then head backstage where Mean Gene is with the Giant and Jimmy Hart. Jimmy is nervous about being handcuffed to Lex Luger in this match, but the Giant says he will finally squash Sting and says if people will lose money, if they have bet it against him tonight, that leads us into our main event for the show, although not the main event in Khan's heart, which will be for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship between the Giant and Sting. Um, I will go to you first, Callum. Um, so at this point in 96, the Giant was... You can see why they were going to push him to the moon and then some, because some of the moves and speed that this man was working at, it's like, you're seven foot four, really? Yeah, and it was it, it, it was Vince's thing. Not they, they'll they'll never know how to book you. I think they they, they did a pretty good job for most for the most part. Um, but the big guy, like it's really really strange to see when you like you see him at his worst, like nine like two thousand five two thousand six, when he's just before his break and he's had the ECW title run. You're thinking, oh, the poor guy. Like he can barely move without it look as if he's in if he's in agony. And the guy's pulling off all sorts in this match. Um, it, it's like people say that Brock Lesnar's a, a, a freak of nature and a, a physical specimen with how athletic he is. But you know, 1990, 1995, 1996, giant. What's a word with you when you say that? Because the, the big guy, the big guy could hustle. Um, I think that that this, uh, it, it helped it helped the match as well. I mean, you've always got Sting who's going to. Uh, who's going to give you a, a, you know, you know what Sting's baseline is, and um, it's always going to be, you know, reasonably watchable. Um, and when the crowd get into it, he had something to feed off, you know, not not to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, do it for the rest of the match. <laughs> you might have some good to watch, um, but no, this was this was um, this was a really really good watch for the, the relatively short space of time yet they had for a main event match, but they made it they made it count, and and my God, they were. They were given no less than 100% in this one. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, which I should mention now, is Buffett, Michael Buffett was doing the big match intros beforehand, and he decides to call one of the participants the famous Lex Luger. And I don't know why, but that line just tickled me and just cracked me up I, for no reason, no reason at all. Um, going back to our very first match of the night, Luger, I was pleased to see that the, the, the spot uh, the sting hitting the guy in the crotch spot got a big belly welly mentioned from Dusty. <laughs> yeah, that, that was awesome as well. Um, 
I feel like it seems uh, I did, I do like Giant at this point, and I I, I love Sting uh, overall. But it seems wrong that Buffer announces this match to the ring. Um, I, I feel like this isn't uh you know the the main event match that they would really need to bring him in for. But obviously it was just their thing at this point. So uh, oh well. Um, yeah, Giant at this point is just he's you know he he's got his weight in a at a at a. Uh, point where he can do these kind of athletic things so i think i think at points when he was uh he kept his weight in like that area where he could keep, do these kind of athletic moves because even in like that 08 time when he lost all the weight and was fighting like floyd and all that i feel like he got a little more agile so um it was more of like whether he could stay in shape uh at the time based on what he could do in the ring physically so um, but yeah, I think he, I think he looks great here and w- was pretty great here. Um, Sting does a crossbody at one point to the giant and he just hit him like a brick wall and giant didn't move and Sting just fell crumpled to the mat. Um, giant did a big boot at one point and just drove him so hard that he went to the complete other side of the ring. I thought that was a really good spot as well. Um, I thought it was a really solid match, made both people uh, better coming out of it. Sting looked really resilient, but uh, Giant obviously looked like a huge badass. Um, the ending was kind of predictable, uh, but it works for the continued tension between, or, or the quote-unquote tension between Sting and Luger. So um, it, it was kind of easy to see, but uh, I also think it kind of works for the storyline. Um, but I went three on it. I thought it was a really solid match. Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like the ending to it. And, you know, obviously Dusty picks up straight away on uh, how could Jimmy Hart overpower Lex Luger? Look at, look at it, for God's sake. So, yeah, but they were going for the whole, like, Lex is a selfish prick at this point, weren't they? So it, it all worked out It all worked out quite well. Um, and that, gentlemen, is the end of this show. And in eight days' time, WCW would change forever. Forever, forever, forever. Ever. <laughs> but you know, I'm sure. I'm sure at some point we'll get to. We'll get to a. I don't think we have done an NWO show. We, we haven't done sold out yet, have we? That's it. That's, that's it. Don't I'm right. I'm right. That for January, right? That's that's that picked. Um, so that is the end. <laughs> that's the end of this. That's the end of this show. But it's not the end of our show because we've got some awards to give out. Let's go to Callum first. What was your match of the night? Uh, the main event for me. Main event, uh, Logan. As much as it makes my skin burn a little bit to say this, Conan Liger. Yeah, I'm with I'm I'm with I'm with Logan here, Callum, because when am I ever gonna get be in a position to give Conan match of the night ever again? Well that's just that's just true. It's a true indictment of the card, but yeah. It, yes, yes, yes. We're we're again damning with that faint praise. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh worst match of the night. Uh same for you so I'll go to you, Cal. Worst match tonight, oh, Jesus. Um, oh, a few to choose from. I um, I think I'm probably going. Looking back here, <laughs> Eaton and Slater against Duggan and Wall Street. <laughs> there are many. Just picked one. There, yeah. There are many notes. There are many notes. I mean, this is it's a Sophie's choice picking which one is actually going to be the worst. So I'll just pluck that. Pluck that. I think it had to be one of the. As much as it pains me to say it, Team Sean Kidd were involved in two of the worst matches tonight. So it's either between. It's either between them. Yeah, eating the slate against Duggan and Wall Street. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Logan, what was your worst? Uh, 
Callum had to flip through his manifesto there of uh, slavery '96. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think uh, Duggan and Wall Street versus Regal and Taylor was my worst-rated match, so I'll go with that one. Yeah. That one was bad, but I'm going to give a special mention to Slater and Ethan versus Wright and Disco because that was absolute awful. Uh, Logan, I'll stick with you for your most surprising match of the night. Surprisingly good, surprisingly bad. Well, uh, match of the night, uh, Conan versus Liger. The fact that he didn't drag Liger down to the pits of uh, very much mediocrity that, that Conan lives in, I think that was the most surprising result of the night. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll have to go with that. Uh, Callum? I, most surprising is how much I didn't enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole show. The, the whole, whole show. show yes. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our, our Sean Kidd Award for the biggest shit take of the night. Now, under normal circumstances, if one of us went to gave a Conan match over three stars, then I would automatically say that would be the shit take. But however, I was damn close to giving, giving the same match three stars, so I, I can't say anything, Logan. Um, Callum, have you got any shit takes for us? I can give a Conan match three stars. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll give it to myself. <laughs> well, you know. No, I don't think. I don't think there was anything. I mean, that was probably the most egregious thing. But I don't. I wouldn't even say it was. It was that egregious. So, you, you live to fight another day. Okay, uh, Callum. The fashion statement of the night. I think I know where my. Well, I certainly know where my ward's going. I think I might know where yours is. Oh, it has to be dusty. He was looking. He was looking resplendent. Although, what did uh, Bobby said he was wearing something, and I can't remember what it was. Recliner. Now. A recliner. Recliner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Classic. So yeah, has to be. Has to be dusty. I did recliner. Yeah. The the minute I saw Dusty wearing that, like my memory, he only ever wore that for the the Great American Bash in '96. So I was I was so happy to see him in that. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna pretend otherwise. Uh, Logan, what you you had a couple that you you said. This is fashion statement what we're talking about right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the my immediate thought when I saw J- Jesse's jacket was that's the winner, and especially after Bobby called it a recl- he looked like a recliner. Um, but when Kevin Green ran out and I saw the tiny tiny ponytail coming from his the back of his head, I have to go with the Kevin Green Padawan ponytail. So have to go with that. Now, usually, Logan, I go to you last for our sal- for the Salad or Shit Award, but I'm going to go to you first because this is Callum's show. It's Callum's baby. So, Logan, sal- Logan, for you, Salad or Shit? Um, it's definitely shit. Um, this, to me, I've said it in our uh, kind of middle chat and pre- pre-show chat. Um, this is a show that was, is definitely bad. There's no way around it. It's convoluted just the battle bowl double round thing with all the short matches 15 matches in like a two and a half hour three hour span is not good but it was it's just one of those that's bad but at no point throughout the show was it so bad like uncensored 96 where i kind of wanted to like blow my brains out uh, (laughs) while i was watching it so uh it was bad but not hurting myself levels i'll say (laughs) (laughs) uh Callum, I, I, I'm almost afraid to ask you this, but uh, Sunbury 96, solid or shit? Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, it has to be, it has to be shit. I think 
the whole it, it didn't it wasn't good it just wasn't good <laughs> like Slamberry 93 it, not Slamberry 93 Battle Bowl 93 I think we all found some redeemable qualities in it because the matches were all the matches were the matches were actually passable some of them were actually actually went into the good category nothing here went into the good you had the two flare savage angles um but that was about it the, the tournament had no redeeming qualities um i think that the two title matches had miss had 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 mismatched or sorry the us and cruiser i think as much as the us title wasn't too bad um, or was it again? It actually kept into the good. Um, Liger against Malenko would have probably got my juices flowing a wee bit more, and Conan against someone else. I am not saying Brad Armstrong, <laughs> but yeah, Battle Bowl '93 was better. They did it better for Starcade '92. Um, Starcade '91 is debatable as well, but no, it was just it was it was disappointing. Right now, gentlemen, gentlemen, I have our league table in front of me. So we put, so Cam's mentioned it, we, Battle Ball 90, we put that at 25th on our, on our show list. So it's certainly worse than 25th. So we're, we're going, we're going way up. We're going way up. Um, now, number 17 on our list is the Great American Bash of 99. Now, Logan, you will remember that match had a particularly great tag match on it that we all loved at the time. So I'm going to say it's even above 17. I, 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 are we agreeing on that so far? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this this is probably top 10. Worst, oh, top 10 worse. Okay, so what I'll do, what I'll do, I'll sort it. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll start at number 13 because that's pretty bad. And we'll go <laughs> funnily enough because we've done quite a few shows now. So <laughs> at 13, we have the very first show that we did for Chicken Salad, which was the Great American Bash of 91. 12 is WrestleMania 11. 11 is Degeneration X 97. 10 is King of the Ring 95. 9, Halloween Havoc of 92. 8 is Survivor Series of 99. 7 is Halloween Havoc of 99. I am tempted to put this somewhere in there because at number 6 is Super Brawl 2000. And whilst this show is bad, there is nothing as bad as Tank Abbott versus Big Al on this show. Yeah, that, that, I just looking at the list, I was thinking between 6 and 7. So the new 7, I guess. You know, we have a look. I'm just, I wasn't on for Super Bowl 2000 something. So, oh, come on. You have a singles match for the ownership of the Harlem Heat franchise and the letter D. Oh, that's going to be worse. No, we're saying that's worse. So, because nothing on nothing on this show is as bad as, well, as that match and um, and, and, the, and the Big Al and the Big Al uh, Tank Abbott match. I'm sorry. I mean, you're looking, there's two things here. You've got the prestige of the Battle Bowl, you've got prestige of the letter T. <laughs> um, no, I think that's probably I think that's probably about right because Starcade Starcade ninety seven was pretty poor as well, right enough. Mm-hmm. Was it worse than this? That was just like the most disappointing show of all time. Yeah, because there was yeah. nothing there was nothing on there that, that, that there was there was no standout match on Starcade ninety seven, was there? It was just a yeah, right, okay, I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll put it I will put it at seven and uh, is an is an off air joke. I'm going to put that in right now. <laughs> right. So as I am do whilst I am doing that, Logan, is there anything that you would like to plug or direct the good ladies and gentlemen to? Uh, sure. Um, YouTube roulette. Uh, we should have an episode of that coming out pretty soon. 
um, and we'll be recording another one uh, also pretty soon as well. Um, Highway to the Impact Zone, we just did Lockdown 2006, and now we'll start our Build to Sacrifice 2006. Um, seven Months of Danger, we're starting to wrap up. We've got uh, four episodes left, um, kind of getting towards the end and the breakup of all the Dangerous Alliance stuff. Um, and then uh, Who's Next is the NXT pod I do with Andy. Uh, we should be recording a new episode of that pretty soon as well. And then Talking Docs is uh, a documentary pod with uh, Jennifer Smith and Roger Morissette. So that's what I got. Uh, I, I should say as well, of talking of the uh, highway, the back zone, the, in the latest episode that I'm on may well have the greatest segment in TNA history on it. Um, for those sure. of you, for those of you who know these things, um, it involves Kevin Nash and a graph. That's all I need to say, and you'll know exactly. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Callum, uh, anything that you would like to uh, plug while you're here? Um, yeah, just a couple of things. Um, the, the the other podcast that the three of us do, Starflation, uh, we mentioned the last episode that we did earlier on. It was looking at um, Tomohiro Ishii against uh, Kazuchika Okada from the G1 in 2018. I wanted to say 2016. 2016. Thank you. Um, uh, which was which was a banger in more ways than one. Um. So that was a, that was an enjoyable one to watch. We've got a good one coming up next month, so please watch out for that one. Um, and the uh, the sort of video content, um, twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation, uh, facebook.com forward slash ptbn live, uh, and follow us on Twitter at ptbn YouTube and on the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash at uh, PTB Wrestling um, or putting up the back catalogue of uh, current and um, archive pods as well. So there's a one episode every day, you'll get one episode of The Mothership going in chronological order and one episode of another podcast um, every weekend is uh, Croc and Roll every Saturday and Sunday um, and Monday to Friday is another episode of, of a different podcast. So uh, subscribe on there if you want to um, get all of the classic uh, podcasts from the network. Excellent, good stuff. Um, um, I will say that all my shows have been mentioned by you too, so I've got nothing else to plug. But what I will say is, next month on this very podcast, actually, no, no, I rephrase that. So yeah, you have one, one left that I left off. <laughs> one, one, one that we left off, which was the return of popcorn chicken salad, which was the three of us, and we all watched the wedding singer, which was a good time had by all, and there might be several several bits of bad singing in there which i can only apologize for but you know it's like it was basically a karaoke party at one stage <laughs> um, sorry <laughs> it's okay it's okay i'll let you off um, but what I, what I also want to say is that next month on this podcast we will be at episode 37 which will be our three-year anniversary so it will be the three of us um Hopefully a couple of special guests. We've just got to confirm dates and things, but we're planning. And as is tradition on this podcast, it will be a watch along episode. Um, we've we've all three of us have selected a show to watch, but we've actually just got to decide what show it is that we're actually we're going to watch because you know we, we haven't thought that far ahead. We're not we're not that good at planning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that will be next month. So that will be a watch along episode, which will make our lives a lot easier because you know we don't have to we don't have to uh, we don't have to watch things twice to uh, get everything that we need to get. So yeah, yours. Um, so for 
Lone Crossland and Callum McDougall and Benlock. And remember, everybody, in a world where you can be anything that you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad, and we will see you again next month.